the oldest on the team. Yeah, um, and I still look good, but uh, recovering, um, recoveries went well. Um, been through this injury before. Uh, set up there, so uh, nothing new here. I'm good. I'm back. So, yeah. All right, that was Jordan Strahan. I said that right, right on. Jordan Strahan, yeah. Yeah, Jordan Strahan today at uh, the defensive player EA. Um, I'll let Pauline decide whether or not he still looks good, but um, this was kind of a common thread that, that came up uh, throughout the press conferences today. Several players, um, Sterling Lucas himself, all kind of saying that uh, Jordan Strawn looks good, uh, looks healthy, looks stronger than he did before the injury, I believe was the specific quote from uh, Sterling Lucas. So pretty uh, important player to at a position of need uh, that needs to fully bounce back and, you know, kind of playing around with the idea that he's one of the oldest on the team as a seventh year senior, although he says he's not the oldest. Uh, any guesses off the top of your head? Uh, who's actually oldest? Yeah, I'm going to go with We had this games. discussion. I don't know at this point. I I'm like 99% Is he the oldest sure. last year? No, because he's in as an, I think he's Trent. in like year eight. Yeah, because he was at Georgia. Well, he he's getting up there. I'm like pretty sure D'Angelo Gibbs has a mortgage or something, but. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that's uh, D'Angelo Gibbs who transferred in this offseason. Uh, it's kind of had a, a twisted path, I guess, um, as a former high four-star or five-star on rival. Oh, yeah, I know. He was a big recruit coming out of Grayson, that first Curtis um, class. But, uh, yeah, so we can, we can talk about him a little bit, too. Before we get fully started, a couple of notes here at the top. This is the GameCockScoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GameCockScoop.com on Rivals. Um, if you're listening on Thursday or Friday or anytime this weekend, we have a special promotion going on this weekend starting Friday through Monday. Uh, you can get a full year of GameCockScoop Premium for just $23. That's normally $100, so pretty pretty big discount there. Um just use promo code GSCOOP23 at checkout um, to get that promo. Like I said, it's only running till Monday, though. So take advantage now if you're, if you're listening. Actually, not now. It doesn't go live till midnight, but in a few hours. Check it out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, let me talk a little bit recruiting. That's how we usually start each of these shows. And then we'll get into uh, what we're hearing, what we've witnessed from uh, week two of fall camp. So recruiting-wise, a little bit of a surprise last weekend. Um, Jalewis Solomon, who was being recruited as a DB, plays both sides of the ball um, in high school, ended up choosing Auburn. Um, from everything I've heard, that was like a down-to-the-last-minute sort of thing. I have a few more details on that and how NIL played into everything in the weekly recruiting wrap-up, which will run tomorrow morning. Um, that'll be a special free version of the weekly recruiting wrap-up. Uh, so if you've never checked one of those out, that'll be live tomorrow for free for everyone um, on GameCockScoop.com. Um, yeah, go free. Um, anyway, uh, so that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, you still have Daniel Hill coming up later in the month as far as uh, announcements go. That's August 23rd, I believe, between South Carolina and Alabama. Um, and then you're really starting to like wrap up the 2024 high school recruiting class, which is kind of surprising um, when you look at the numbers compared to the past couple of years, but we've kind of already talked that they're not planning on taking as many this time around, um, which gives them a lot more flexibility in the transfer portal and everything this off season as well, which I think they'll take advantage of. 
Also, Rivals just recently released their first ever comprehensive ranking, um, which combines a transfer portal, JUCO, and high school recruiting class uh, rankings all together. So South Carolina's final 2023 comprehensive ranking uh, ended up being number 25 in the team rankings. Uh, that's a number 17 cool. high school uh, class and a number 49 transfer portal class. And all of that added up together for number 25 overall class. Um, it's It'll be interesting to see how they tweak it going forward and all that sort of stuff. I would say last year's class probably a little bit better than that. Um, but you also have some things in there skewing it, like Colorado signed 50 uh, players out of the portal, and, and they're the number one portal class, but their average star rating is <laughs> that, low. That's a, that's a separate show for another day, but that's not going to work. That, yeah. that, we don't think that's going to work, do we? Um, I, I mean, it's kind of like what we this did. Season. <laughs> I, it's kind of like what we did, though, first year Shane Beamer came in. Like, we kind of just like that, completely. I mean, yeah, but uh, I'm I mean, getting a soft topic as usual, but I'm taking whatever unders are out there on Colorado's win total. I agree. I think the hype is definitely too too high on them. Um, but anyway, all of that's going to be in the weekly recruiting wrap-up tomorrow. Definitely check that out on GamecockScoop.com. Um, let's a little fall a little about the over periods at the end of last week. You can go check out that podcast from last week. Um, we, you guys got a couple more open periods on Monday that both of you attended. Um, any reactions or, or impressions from those open periods? Uh, Pauline, you want to go first? Um, yeah, I personally was really interested in seeing, as ridiculous as it sounds, the size of the O-linemen because we don't have Zach Pickens or Jordan Birch anymore. So, no. oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But, um <laughs> Regardless, like, they're not as big as the kids were last year. And I knew that was going to be a deficit once, uh, like, the Gator Bowl. Like, we knew that was going to be an issue. We always knew that we're losing the two biggest kids. So I thought that was really interesting. And then I was looking at um, a lot of the new kids, like, the new transfers. And, I mean, his name is being thrown, a lot of, uh, thrown around a lot. But Trey Knox is... Um, I've been tall. seeing him. Uh, yeah. Wait, what? I just said tall. I was just, he, he's, he just dwarfs oh, everybody. He's really, uh, I mean, he goes and pops off over there. But um, him and Nick Elkinson, or did I say that right? Nick Elkinson. But no, him as well doing a. I don't know. I'm also looking through a camera, so as much as I'd like to say about it, I'm not studying it like Alan. So, Alan, would you like to give a little more on that? Yeah, I think what I saw as much as anything else, we saw one kind of one-on-one thing, corner. It was, I think I posted the video online, but um Spencer puts a ball up there, corner of the end zone, and Josh Simon comes down with it. A really well-thrown ball on that, again, oh, one-on-one that, yeah. drill. Um, it's Kilgore with the coverage, I think. Um, a really good coverage, a good catch. That was one for me, just looking at Josh Simon. That's, this team's going to run a lot of 12 personnel, I think, is kind of my takeaway through a week, 10 days, whatever. You're going to see Knox and Elksness. You're going to see Knox and Simon. You're going to see Simon and Elksness. They're going to do a lot of different things with the tight ends and – 
I think especially having a guy who was a tight ends coach with Dowell is going – he's they're going to do a lot of stuff with that. They're going to mix and match a lot. Specifically Trey Knox's tight end coach. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Joshua Simon is definitely being slept on. That's a, we, We're going to talk a little bit later about uh, names that maybe the average fan that checked out for the summer doesn't know um, but should know going into the season, and Simon's definitely one of mine. He actually is the all-time leading – receiver at tight end uh, from Western Kentucky uh, from his three years there. Four and that years program there. scores points. Yeah. Um, so I actually, yeah, I do think he's going to be a weapon. He and Knox both. Um, and then, yeah, you have all the weapons at wide receiver that we actually talked a good bit about last week. Um, and then, yeah, Nick El- Elksness, we're kind of expecting to maybe take a little bit more of the Nate Atkins sort of role from last year. Um, I'm not sure where he's going to like, I don't know. I don't think he's as great as like Nate Atkins was at the moment from what I'm looking at. Like, I feel like he kind of is more of a generalized talent, if that makes sense. Like, it's the unknown, well, it is talent. the unknown commodity thing too, just because he was hurt pretty much the whole time he was at Florida. You don't really know what's there. True. Yeah. I feel like it's a good well, scenario. He's also, you know, significantly younger, I guess, than Nate yeah. Atkins was. You, you brought that veteran presence as a fifth year senior this year. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll kind of see what happens there with Elks. And this, you have the two freshman tight ends as well that could sort of work in. Bulk up. Um, another thing that I guess stood out from open practices, from what I've heard talking to you guys, other people, seeing um, some of the videos and everything, I found it pretty interesting that we saw full team reps of the first team offense, second team offense, team offense. Um, Rattler was leading the first team, as you'd expect, Doty the second team, but Lenora Sellers was leading that third team offense um, as a freshman. And Alan and I were talking about it over text, like right after that. It's kind of interesting because, you know, Tanner Bailey isn't a scrub. Uh, he was a four star recruit coming out of high school. He's been in the program longer. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting to see that Sellers has already kind of taken that role. I don't know that he would be, they would slot him there on the official depth chart or whatever. We'll, we'll kind of see how the dress list shakes out for uh, North Carolina and, and shakes out for the, for the road games upcoming. But um, yeah, I mean, he's already made an impression seemingly. I think he just want, oh, do you have something, Polly? Uh, Pauline's muted. Uh, so Alan, go ahead and say what you're going to say and then Pauline can pop in after. Yeah, I couldn't hear her. Um, I just think with Lenoris, I think we, we talked about this coming out of the spring game, but like it's really easy to see why the staff likes him. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of watch the tools, the traits, the In big kid. He's got a big arm. He's 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 athletic. Like I have no idea what that means for playing football, especially not playing football in 2023 when he's behind Spencer and Luke on the depth chart, and who knows, maybe even still Tanner Bailey, but it's really not hard to put two and two together with just how he ended up here, why they wanted him here and why he maybe might be QB three right now. Although we don't really know until you see a dress list for a road game. Uh, so if I was to take my take on this, I, um, y'all bringing up uh, Bubba or uh, Tanner, but when, um, I'm thinking he's kind of in a position right now where it was Luke Doty three years ago, where he kind of was like, people are starting to question like where he stands, I guess, on the team versus, and then 
Lenoris comes in and is getting all this media hype, it's kind of pushing his name underneath or like sweeping it under the rug type stuff. So, I mean, I feel like he might get a little bit of not hate, don't hate on any of our players, but like he definitely might be getting some negative, you know, like why isn't Matt or why isn't Tanner playing? I would like to, I would like to specify that we are, again, I think Caleb and I had this conversation a little bit last week, but we are making judgments, statements, talking season conversation fodder off of a single rep in a single period of a single open practice. Yeah. And the periods think, are like okay, five technically the took two snaps. So we're talking about two reps, but the point but still it stands. A, it was a good looking rep. If you, it go was a good our, looking rep. <laughs> if you go to our Twitter, you can see it. I actually think uh, Barstool Carolina retweeted the video for it as well. Um, it kind of takes a little QB keeper around mm -hmm. the edge and isn't touched until he's 10 yards down the field. I mean, granted, he's in a non-contact jersey and stuff, but you can see just how quickly he explodes uh, through the hole, which leads me to believe um, or speculate that there might be a package for him some this season. Or that a, I believe. That I, a, I uh, get, get on board with that. Yeah, I mean, we saw uh, – I was watching back the Tennessee game a couple weeks ago. We saw several times where Joyner came in and ran some Wildcat. Uh, why not bring in your speedy freshman uh, quarterback uh, who – Maybe even has a better arm than Joiner. Although See, I think Joyner there's a little bit of, and I really. I was going to say, I think he has a dart. Like he throws. That was one of the things I did like notice because I know we were just talking about how great his stories are. But Spencer from this past season seems much more of like a running and mobile quarterback versus like I feel like Lenoris could be used in situations where like. I don't know. I feel like he's more of a direct target. Like he's more willing to throw the ball than run it, I guess. And he's Steve, more accurate. I really hesitate to make this specific comparison, but what are we doing here for not talking anyway? Um, Dowell Loggins came from Arkansas. He wasn't calling the plays there, but he was obviously involved in those offensive rooms. You can squint and see some KJ Jefferson of the Norris sellers, just the frame, the running ability, like, I don't want to do that. That's not really fair to either guy, especially not Lenoris. But like, if you're talking about like packages or how that might look on a third and one, I don't know. Like, is that crazy? No, and I think that it seems pretty obvious to me that Loggins and who he's been recruiting so far for future classes. We just got a, a commitment from 2026 quarterback Landon <laughs> Duckworth last week, um, but he seems to like that sort of style quarterback, uh, someone that can use their legs, um, has a good arm, but has that dual threat ability. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's hard at all to at least think that maybe Loggins is looking for his next KJ Jefferson and that, uh, you know, for Norris fits. I think there's so much potential that he we'll, can form uh, it. We'll do some over-unders maybe next week or the week after. I know what we did that last year, but I've, uh, I've got some, maybe some Lenoris thoughts on that. That would be interesting. Yeah, I I would like to do some over under snaps, uh, assuming no one gets injured or anything. Uh, that was an Norris We also do want to quickly note we right before we got on here, we saw like some Twitter buzz or uh, speculation that Dodie to wide receiver. Uh, we were trying to talk and decide if we had seen that at all in any of the open periods. And as far as 
we remember or were caught on tape. Or, as far as the anything. 12 periods we were allowed to see. Yeah. We didn't <laughs> so see that. all we know. Uh, but Apparently maybe, other people did. Yeah, I was like, maybe we missed it. Maybe uh, that did happen. Um, if that did happen, I do think that that is a pretty indication of how they're viewing Lenoris, but also, yeah, maybe starting to think about how to work in Doty's athleticism in different ways, which is a similar journey that we saw with like to Gary and Joyner once it was clear that um, perhaps there were better pure quarterbacks on the roster than them, but you still find a way to get that athleticism on the field. Other from week as we few uh, press conferences, got to hear from Beamer again, uh, got to hear from the uh, defensive players today. Uh, we'll get a little bit more tomorrow. Am I right about that? Or no, no players till next week. Again, okay. next Tuesday, Wednesday. Also, one more practice thing, just while I'm looking at my book here. Do you want to have the running back conversation again? Because we saw Bradley Dunn and DJ Twitty taking the reps of the twos and threes on Monday. And then going back to last Friday, you're looking at how that lined up. And that was Mario and Mario running with the twos. Yeah. DK with the ones both times. I don't know. Well, I DK at this point is like the leader of that. Like, yeah, I feel sure. like all of them have to kind of like. It doesn't. Uh, I don't know if, uh, again, you're, you're making things off reps, off small periods, off whatever. I don't know if that gets rid of many concerns Carolina fans might have just looking at that. Well, I did see that you uh, wrote a, uh article, which you can find on GamecocksGroup.com, about DK and how he's settling into uh, pass protection, which is a, you know, a, another important part of being a running back back there, oh, and especially I think, with as much as they're probably going to throw. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think Joiner has kind of separated himself He's from one, the yeah. others. Yeah. Um, but that's I mean, he's got his own lot going on too. So whether or not that's ideal, and whether or I'm not, not even so much saying that's not ideal because yeah, like that's, that's going to happen at this point. Um, one way that is going to happen. Um, the depth question. I think okay. they're all very much the same. Like I think that's the this bottom is what you're line doing? is this that is the, no one okay. knows yet. We'll see. Yeah, I don't I know. Like, I don't know if any of you have uh, been able to see anything from DJ Braswell or heard anyone talk about. We DJ haven't seen any Braswell in the practices. No. Yeah, um, so that's interesting. There was a lot um, of hype around him last year about him coming. We didn't and see I Mario see running with the twos or the threes on on Monday. Actually, I feel like I take that back. My last statement. I do think out of. All of them, besides like DK, I feel like Mario has actually like really kind of adjusted because he came from a D3 school, if I'm not mistaken. And like, I mean, I've had a, multiple like conversations with him about how like grateful he is for the fact that he's like in a D1 school. So I think he really is putting in 110% to be like, I want to be. I don't know if it would be DK or him. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you who would be first and second. It's DK. But, I mean, that's it's I mean, more. I'm more just wondering what the rest of that looks like, and if you are actually. At the, I mean, I've heard Shane say before that they want to take five scholarship running backs. They have five for games, and boy, it gets tough to do the math when you think about it from that perspective. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, know. Uh, 
And I do, I, yeah, I don't think any of us are questioning uh, like work ethic. And it seems like I, I talked to Mario back when we first um, signed him before he was on campus and everything. And uh, it seemed like a very like hardworking quality individual. Oh, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge step up from D3 Newberry to the SEC. Um, so that's going to be uh, tough. But I do think, yeah, he's obviously going to be dependent on at some, some point through the season, uh, just because you have to have some warm bodies back there pretty much at this point. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. I thought that was some looking back at the, the depth oh, that's chart. Oh, that's interesting. We're going to have a depth chart conversation in a second here anyway. But just looking at that, and okay, we'll see. Um, another thing while we're on the offense that has kind of stood out to me this week from hearing from some of the offensive players uh, is we're getting a little bit more of a vision of how Coach Loggins, uh, you know, calls plays and and how the players feel about them. Um, and one of the things that I think, at least in talking season sounds good, uh, is that it sounds like he's trying to keep things simple and allow the players to play, um, play fast and loose and all those things. And if there was one overarching complaint from the Marcus Satterfield area era, I think it was that things got a little too complicated at times, which made players get a little in their head at times and not be able to play as loose until they got into the effort mentality or whatever at the end of the year last year. Um, so if there's if they're starting off the Loggins era, uh, continuing to have, I guess that sort of philosophy about things, I think that's probably a good signal, at least you know before any snaps are played. I actually, I don't know if simplicity, I mean, like, if we're talking dumbing it down to, like, these are, like, the five plays we're going to run. Like, that, no, I don't think that never has worked out for us. Like, I feel like uh, Mizzou's a prime, or Missouri's a prime is a, uh, example of when we just got so tired oh, of it. and like the bubble plays. screens in a row. <laughs> Literally, like, it's a they they caught on so quick and if we don't have the variation which right now we are kind of looking at a very like even playing field as we were just like saying depth wise for a lot of the offensive positions like who are we i don't know i feel like we have to add a little bit of spice to it but like not over complicated obviously should we talk depth chart while you just mentioned that should we go into a little bit of that? yeah right before we do that though one more one more note on logins and and uh, I guess things you'd like to hear uh, at this point in the offseason. Um, Trey Knox did mention that in general, the offense has been better about turnovers than uh, they were earlier, I guess. Yeah. It's only been two weeks. Um, and that, you know, Rattler's doing a good job of protecting the ball, which I, I forgot kind of how rough <laughs> the season started last season. But before he blew up against Tennessee and Clemson and Notre Dame, um, I believe he had a negative interception to touchdown uh, ratio, or it yeah, was like yeah. basically was even. Um, it ended up being a little bit more respectable. I think it ended up like nineteen twelve or something. But if you're going to have the sort of season that you really need, the twelve is uh, not going to work. That, that just yeah, can't happen. that needs to be a single digit uh, turnover. Uh, I should be able to count it on five fingers. Yeah. Less than. Yeah, especially, I mean, at that point in the season or whatever. Um, but, yeah, let's talk depth chart. So I thought it would be fun to kind of look at each position. We can say who we think the presumed starter is and then whether or not there's some flexibility there uh, to for, for some other guys to move up. Um, you want to do offense or defense first? Up to you guys. Uh, we'll start I, offense. Offense since we're doing it? 
Yeah, well, we already had right. a couple. We've already, you know who's playing quarterback. Yeah, we already knocked off a couple off the list, so we might as well finish it. Yeah, so those couple that we already talked about, quarterback obviously is Rattler. Right now, Doty is uh, slotted in at the number two, but we talked a lot about sellers maybe uh, making a move there. to if, if, if Rattler actually went down, it'd be interesting to see what happened there, I guess. Um, running back, uh, Joiner to start. We know Juju McDowell is going to have a role who we didn't just talk about a second ago, but th that he's not going to be the every down back. Um, yeah. And then you have Mario Anderson. And then you have the two freshmen, Cameron Sandlin, who moved over from tight end and DJ Braswell. But we haven't heard a ton about them, like, moving up into that upper echelon at the moment. Um, all right, tight end. Uh, we talked a lot about that already. You kind of have your big three, Trey Knox, yeah. Joshua Simon, Nick Elksness, the three transfers. And then Connor Cox and Reed McCaskey are both freshmen, but um, highly you know, recruited freshmen. So we'll see how that goes. All right, now let's get into the fun part, which is the offensive line. Um, mm. I feel like we are starting to get a little bit of a vision of what that's going to look like. Um, let's go with the easy side first, which I think is the the, the left side, left tackle, Ja'Kai Moore, right? Anyone I think it has to be. It? I'm more interested in who would be the second there. Um, just We've heard because. Jackson Hughes' name. Yeah. We've heard Big Tree Bobolade, but yeah, do you want a true freshman there? I feel like he'll have to he'll have to be put in at some point. I, I also wonder too, like if you if something if Jakai actually did go down, are you pulling the second string left tackle or are you pulling someone else from the line and just shuffling that way? Yeah, to me, I that's probably what would have to happen because I just can't see you starting an SEC game with a true freshman left tackle, even Probably though I, not. even though I really think Big Tree, <laughs> I really think Big Tree is a uh, a hit on a prospect. I think he's going to be great. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's just a tough position to put a true freshman in. Um, yeah. Let's go on down the line. Left guard, uh, Trey Marshall. Jones is who we think. Oh, no, we got, oh, I got really? Jones. Um, just going off two practices so far. I've got. I'm looking at it now. Trey Jones is at right guard. Both those Garjulo at left. Okay. But those might be interchangeable. I mean, you know, we've talked about Grigillo, Yale, whatever. I think he has a lot of talent. Like, I'm excited to see if he'll be able – if I'll be able to see him, like, on the field He's a lot. He's played all five positions at Yale. He's They've been working him at left guard now. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that ends up – I mean, that's one of those two, again, you talk about shuffling things where, like, okay, if, if Trey Jones went down, you could kick Grigillo to right guard. That yeah, and I think deal. probably – you know, with your right-handed quarterback, you might want him on, on the left you side. Probably, yeah, you probably do anyway. But um, By the way, if that's a name that doesn't sound familiar to people that have been checked out for the that summer or whatever, really that's nice. transfer from Yale. Um, and he was the captain at Yale. So if you don't know how Yale does things, they only have one captain for the whole team. Um, and he was the captain at Yale last year. So kind of tells you about his – uh, leadership capabilities and, and everything. So staff really likes him. Um, all right, to center, Vershawn Lee, it seems like that's kind of maybe the most stable uh, of He said as much yesterday, lineup. or not yesterday, two days ago when we had offensive availability. He said, yeah, I'm playing center now. I'm learning center. Um, that seems like it's going to happen. And then right guard, as we said, uh, Trey Jones, maybe Garjulo, just depends on what happens. Kind of sure Darius Morgan running with the twos there right now. Yeah, and then we have heard that Marky Anderson and Trovon Ball both look pretty mm -hmm. good, could work their way up into there, but again, true freshman, tough spot to put a true freshman in. Um, and then at right tackle right now, we got Tyshawn Wanamaker and 
maybe Casey Henry. Sydney Fugar ran with the ones in the first yeah. open practice. That's definitely the question. I have not else. seen Casey really. I, I, he, he did not get like reps. Everybody, but like, I, yeah, I have not we, seen. We know him. he's still working from an injury. He got hurt in the spring. Yeah, he has um, uh, surgery. Pretty sure with his that, It's it's not where you want to have the questions, but I do think your your questions still are the two tackle spots and especially right tackle right now, just because. You could be Fugar, could be Wanamaker. Yeah. Wanamaker's probably the more experienced player there, but I don't know. We'll see what happens there. So, yeah, one of the, like, concerns about Fugar uh, is he is a big boy, um, but he's not – he wasn't necessarily built like an SEC offensive lineman yet, um, but he's also done an offseason in conditioning now with an SEC program. Um, what do you think of whenever you see him out there? I mean, does he look like he fits in with that line, or is he looking maybe not as athletic as some of those other guys? He looks okay in really short reps. But, again, we're talking – I think we saw two reps against air in the first practice, and he played two reps against the defense in the second practice. So, sure, paper thin. But that's going to be a rotation. I, I, I would expect that to be – you're definitely getting more than one right tackle, probably even within games. Yeah, I don't know how much they're going to play around with the line, but I mean, or like the positions, but I feel like for the first couple of games, I don't know if they're going to try it out for C, but they're going to be doing a bunch of different switches to see like. Well, where, you see, this is the thing, though. Fits. This is something James mm-hmm. talked about is you don't have a Georgia State game this year. You don't have a who they play year one. Exactly. You so game we don't really have time to figure really have it out. Here. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing on the offensive line um, is you have a lot of veterans on that starting offensive line, right? Sky Moore is a Richard senior. Trey Jones is a Richard junior. Bar Julio is a grad transfer. Uh, Vershawn Lee is a Richard junior. Wanamaker is a Richard junior. But then behind them, there is a lot of inexperience. Some talented inexperience, but a lot of inexperience. And it's just pretty scary to be that then I think at, at this point. Um, all right, shall we move on to the wide receivers? Yep. I think this more so, or less writes itself too, a lot of it. But So the uh, there's an obvious, uh, Antoine Wells, Xavier Legat, Amarian Brown, those are your three returners. Uh, those are the people uh, that have the most you know time in this program and have already kind of proven it on the field. Uh, anyone that you could see working their way into the rotation behind those guys. Nick Harper, but that's that'd be fun. That I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think it's hard the- hard to imagine that you don't at least once a game just throw one up to Harper. I mean, he's six six and runs a four three. You know, you have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to do that at least once a game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think he'll obviously get some snaps. Omega Blake, I've seen him get a lot of snaps. We talked about him pretty extensively last week, so I'm not going to hit oh, that yeah. again, but. Um, that'd be another one I'd say. And then we haven't heard a ton about uh, grad transfer Eddie Lewis out of Memphis. We kind of he was running figured with the that last week. Yeah, we figured he would slot into that like Josh Van role. Um, he also has some punt return uh, experience and stuff. But yeah, haven't worked hasn't worked his way into the top group at least at the moment. Um, and then another name that I just wanted to bring up because I've heard a lot of positive buzz about is freshman Elijah Caldwell. I believe I mentioned him a little bit last week, um, but that's the guy out of Rock Hill. He was, I believe, the last 
high school yep, signing of the 2023 class. Um, laid off for all those things, but it sounds like uh, kind of definitely found a diamond in the rough there. Um, from what I've heard, he's the most polished of the freshman wide receivers from a route running perspective and all those sorts of things. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me to see uh, him out there a little bit as well at some point this season. Yeah, we've seen some freshman injury problems too, whether that position will be CJ Adams and Kelton Henderson were both limited or out of practice completely when we were last open on Monday for whatever that's worth. All right, let's look at the defense. Um, so offensively, I feel like that that's your strength though, right? You pretty much everyone, every starter along the offense is either junior or senior. Um, so at the very least, you have tons of, of uh, veteran and experience um, and all those sorts of things. Defense is almost the opposite where we've talked a lot about how much you're having to replace on defense, but that you're getting maybe more talent from that replacement, but less experience, all those sorts of things. Let's start with the secondary, which we kind of already talked about last week. It's pretty straightforward at this point, but we can talk about who might be able to play their way into that. So I'm just going to run straight down. Uh, you have Marcellus Dial and uh, O'Donnell Fortune and David Spalding all kind of slotted in at those corner spots. Um, and then Nick Emmanuel and DQ Smith at the two safety spots. Who, what are the names have you heard beyond those guys uh, that could potentially play their way into some playing time this year, you think? Heard a lot of Judge Collier. Go ahead and start there, freshman. Um, saw him get that one-on-one -on -one rep with Simon. Heard Boogie Hauntley talking about him this morning. Um, I think that's one I would start with right there. It's it's a crowded, it's, it's a talented, but it's a very crowded, again, it's kind of like the offensive line, uh, freshman group at that DB position. Um, Collier, I'd start there for sure. And then another one we heard today was Jalen Kilgore. Same thing. Heard Young. Like, those would be the two, I think. And I also think there's a flexibility question to be asked here, too. Can either of those guys play nickel? Do you comfortable with them in space? What happens if you need someone there? If a safety goes down, well, okay, David Spaulding played a little bit of safety last year. You kick him there. Okay, then you need a corner. Like, there's a versatility question here as much as anything else, just because you feel like you have your best five with – OD, Cell, Spalding, DQ, and Nick. But if one of those but five. Those are your only five. Yeah. Not, not even only five, but where, how do you move the puzzle piece well, when those goes down? It's, it is kind of an offensive line question, sort of. Oh, I think you're starting from a much better place. Yeah, I think you have plenty of talent behind them. Again, like, like you said, it's similar to the offensive line, um, but they're inexperienced talent. But I do think freshmen can play. DB in the SEC successfully if they have the talent for it. Um, I yeah, showed you pretty clearly. Right. Yeah, I was about to ask. <laughs> um, the two names you mentioned are the names I'm hearing the most, too. Um, but again, if if that is true, like Kilgore, pretty highly rated recruit. Um, Collier came out of nowhere, didn't even have a yeah. star ranking before he got an offer from Torian Gray, um, and now pretty making noise that's pretty impressive talent evaluation on the part of the staff once again, uh, which was the same That's story with Kevin Warrior and DQ Smith. Um, Linebacker-wise, we assume Debo Williams. He's the only uh, – healthy. well, he and Stone Blanton are the two that got some playing time last year that are returning. Um, Mohamed Kamba mm -hmm. is coming back from that injury. Um, Van Martin Scott kind of was an everyman. Uh, and then Pup Howard. Another freshman that's really 
made a lot of waves there. Um, how, how likely do you think it is that Pup could uh, maybe jump ahead of Debo Williams before the season's over? I don't know about Debo. I think there's a. I don't think likely. I think <laughs> you're at a, no. question, a question here almost of. They played four linebackers a lot of last season, even when everybody was healthy. You had the Sherrod, Brad, Stone, Mo was hurt, but Brad. Um, Pop's going to play. That's, I guess, the best way, the easiest way I can say that. He's going to play. I think he's going to play significant snaps at some point, probably early in the year, because they're not super deep at linebacker after those four. Um, Stone Blanton's banged up right now. He's been out of both the two open practices we've been allowed to watch. Keep an eye on that going into UNC. Um, that's the best I would. I, Pup's going to play. Like I, I don't know. I don't think he's taking the field for the first defensive snap of the season. But I would. I think that's going to be much closer to rotation than people think. And then the somewhat forgotten man at linebacker is transfer Jerron Willis, yeah. who is the highest rated transfer, uh, at least on rivals, uh, in this 2023 class. He's out of Auburn, former four-star, um, was behind some pretty talented guys, pretty, pretty talented veterans at Auburn, so didn't really get a chance to show much there. But um, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to see him in the rotation. Have you guys seen him line up uh, with, like, the second team or anything? Oh, uh, we got him with the threes, linebacker. Threes. Okay. Uh, your twos were um, Bam Martin-Scott and Ronnie Porter. Obviously, the caveat here that Stone Blanton's hurt. Right. And Cabo wasn't running with the, the drills either. He's still recovering. So you're looking at a kind of mashed linebacker unit there. But that's what that's what we had the last open period. And then it was um, Andrew Colasandro and Jared Willis with the threes. I'm looking at it now. I mean, I think our talent level is enough to where we're able to replace somebody almost i wouldn't I, I would say almost as equal among like all of the i mean if stone gets healthy and mo gets healthy then honestly like i would say that's one of our more secure positions I think, yeah i'm done. with you i think you feel pretty good at linebacker too um i do think so, there's a oh, go ahead yeah go ahead no, no go it's ahead, just not even in a, in a bad way but like kind of an addition by subtraction thing Sherrod and Brad, you're losing a lot of experience there, but I also think Stone Blanton, Pop Howard, Mo Cobb. I feel like Stone, if he's healthy, we can see him pop off, but he just has not been able to get many opportunities to show it on the field during games. I think, I think I actually think they're going to be better at linebacker this year, even with losing two starters last year. That that sounds so. That this sounds discussion right, this discussion right here is is what I've so I've. You know, I listen to all the national podcasts. I watch SCC now. I, I do all those sorts of things. And pretty much any time South Carolina's 2023 season co has come up, they've been like, wow, they were terrible against the run last year, and they lost all of their front seven, so they must be really bad this year too. And that's where I think I'm disagreeing pretty heavily uh, with people that aren't, you know, uh, invested in this program and, and paying as close of attention to this program as we are because – yeah, I mean, you are losing veteran presence in, in Sher Sherrod Green and uh, Brad Johnson. You're losing a veteran presence in Jordan Birch, and I don't think that you have anyone to replace Birch specifically. Um, but outside mm -hmm. of really just Birch, I think um, pretty much every other position is getting a talent upgrade or not much mm -hmm. of a drop-off. I'll say one other one. You're losing Pickens. I don't think you have a good enough replacement there. 
You just gotta do it by committee. I don't think they'll ever find a man as big as him to be able to replace him. We'll do that in a second with that position group. But that's the only I know I'm with you though on principle, though. I think you're better at linebacker. Um I don't want to say you're better at corner because you lost two NFL ones, but I don't think you're completely in the wilderness either with Sal and OD. Um and I think you're good at safety and you can figure it out at nickel too. Um, so let's get to that defensive line that we were just talking about. So you replace, yeah, Jordan Birch and um, oh, Gilbert Edmond. And I do think, yeah, this is one where maybe a slight downgrade, but you still have some experience and size. And it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be a disaster. How about that? Um, right now, probably slotted in. You definitely have Jordan Strawn, who we talked about at the top of the show. We've heard several mentions of Tyreek Johnson uh, yeah. as a redshirt senior taking a big step forward, which he absolutely needs to. <laughs> Uh, at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Jatias Gear, remember, is a transfer from Syracuse, originally from Belt County Path in South Carolina. Um, and then you have a bunch of guys that are kind of unproven but have some uh, a little bit of experience. And then I guess Desmond Umiozulu. Uh What about Terrell Dawkins? We see him kind of moving around good out there, still struggling with injury stuff. How it looks I think he's like kind of like – you know, he's kind of getting back into the like he's he's easing into it because I don't see him like popping off, but I do see him out and about. He's not, not wearing the brights anymore. If you want to start with that, but yeah, good. he also wasn't playing much when he was healthy last year, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, um, yeah. There was Birch and Edmund, so you can take that into account too. But I don't know. I'm not as high on Terrell. Being I mean, a he big could snapper. be. A big tool, though. Like, if he is, I mean, he's big, like tall. To be clear, though, and... like this is not to cut you off, Pauline, but this is going to have no, to be a, have to be a by committee thing. You don't have a Jadavion Clowney here. You don't have a guy that's going to get double digit sacks. Like, I feel comfortable saying that. You're yeah. just going to have to find a way to do this by committee, um, which is why I think you're going to probably see, I don't know, six, seven defensive ends playing in most games. They're going to get bodies in and out. Yeah, it's definitely a piece it together year while you wait on Umi Ozulu to develop a little bit more, who I think he'll get some snaps this year too. Um, And of course, Dylan Stewart comes in next year. You have a guy like Wendell Gregory, who is a linebacker, but also an edge. You know, he could play some of that hybrid role, kind of a Donovan Westmoreland type. Um, So yeah, I do think help is on the way. Can you piece it together enough this year? If everyone stays healthy, especially Strawn, Tyreek Johnson, I think that's the key, though. Yeah, that's here, the key. Then you're okay. But once, if any of those guys go down, it gets a little sketchy pretty quickly. Yeah, right um, now, as you're as you're just looking back at last week, you, with your ones, you've got Strawn and Tyreek, and with the twos, it's Jatias Gear and Brian Thomas Jr. that were playing there. And also, I think Tonka Hemingway is going to end up playing a little bit outside too. Yeah, Tonka, and we saw a little Elijah Davis outside in the spring game as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually where I guess I was coming from as far as the interior. I think the interior is very strong, and you have some flexibility with some of those guys. So Alex Huntley, Tucker Hemingway on the interior, uh, good position with both of those. But mm-hmm. you also have Elijah Davis coming in. You have uh, four-star freshman Xavier McLeod. Uh, you have Nick Barrett, who's a junior now. TJ Sanders, who had a good offseason last year. But... TJ Sanders buzz, too, just talking to Travian Robertson last week. So I think you're solidly, you know, five, six deep uh, on the interior, and some of those guys can also help out on the outside. Um, I don't know. I Maybe I have my rose-colored glasses on, but it seems to me like they're going to be able to piece together enough 
on that front seven to really not. I think the health. Going to Pauline's point, if they stay healthy, I think they can piece it together too. I'm mainly coming asking about pressure, like who's going to get to the quarterback because you lost four of your top five in sacks last year, and all right, you can clog the middle a little bit. I think you feel that's pretty what good I'm about, concerned about. You feel that's pretty good about your corners about. right now. I'm not really sure who's getting the pressure at this point. Uh, it's going to have to be a gear. It's going to have to be a Tyreek Strawn if he's healthy. Um, you got to make up those sack numbers somehow. Strawn is a pass rush specialist. Yes, he is. Uh, so if he is healthy, like, I mean, two years ago, um, that was his main role on the team. Yeah. I believe he owns the Georgia State single season sack record sure as does. well. Um, so, you know, if he is, if he's back to the way he was, the way that certainly Lucas says, I mean, this morning he said that he, seems stronger than he was uh, pre-injury, then that goes a long way in answering that question. I also think we might have to see certainly Lucas dial up some more blitz uh, packages than he has uh, in the past couple of years. That's not something that he actually does a ton, um, but we might have to see that a little bit more this year if you're not getting a natural pass rush. Yeah, and then I asked the question about how many, which of those linebackers you feel good about in pass rush versus in coverage, and that's where you're going to have to just wait and see on some of these guys. Um, I think we pretty well hit our last topic. Who's the starting there, punt? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but are, there, are there any other players, I guess, that you um, have heard throughout fall camp thus far that you think could flash this season that maybe the casual South Carolina fan that's been checked out all summer um, isn't thinking about and we should put them on their radar? Um, well, well, mine was taken already. Who was yours? <laughs> Nick. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's he's going to play a lot. I think that's a guy that might end up playing every snap this year if he's healthy. Probably will. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be honest about it. Um, I, first of all, I would say I asked the position coaches this between the golf outing and the media day last week. All right, who's the guy in the room that's going to pop? I would encourage you to go check that out. Uh, if you're subscribed to GameCuckSoup.com, those words are on the website. I think from like last week, last weekend. But I'll give you one that I've heard. Jatias Gear, we talked about him a little bit. Syracuse transfer. He was a late portal window ad. He was in this, the spring one. So he kind of comes in after spring ball, comes in after um, kind of we've gone through all of that, after the regular transfer portal class in January and February. Sterling Lucas is high on him. He thinks he's – he was telling me a little bit about the pressure rate's good. He's good at, you know, shedding blocks, things like that. Got to just finish. Got to finish with the quarterback. And that if he can put that together, maybe that – I don't know. Again, we're going to – that would be my answer, just a guy maybe South Carolina fans don't know about or if you've been checked out this summer. We're going to play the over-unders and the team leader stuff next week or the week after. Uh, I don't know who's going to lead this team in sacks. I really don't. We're going to have to talk about that. Um, yeah, we hit on several of mine too, I guess. Um, I said early, early in the offseason that Pup Howard was my Nick Edmund Worry freshman yeah. of the year or whatever. Um, I still stand by that. Um, but the name I mentioned before on offense, uh, I think Elijah Caldwell may get some playing time as a freshman, um, which would probably be surprising to some people. Uh, three-star wide receiver out of Rock Hill. That was the very last person added in the class or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I've heard good things so far there. So we'll see. Um, that pretty much does it as far as our rundown for this week. Like I said, if you are on GameClockScoop.com this weekend and you have not yet signed up for premium, this is a good weekend to do it. 
$23 for one year of Gamecock Scoop Premium. That offer runs from tonight at midnight till Monday at midnight. Um, just use code GSCOOP23 whenever you check out for that. Uh, in the meantime, we will have plenty of articles on GamecockScoop.com, and we will be back here next week to talk week three and really start previewing UNC and, and maybe start talking about some... <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe start talking about some of our season uh, predictions and, and stuff like that. It's coming real, real, real soon. We're about three weeks away. Uh, until next time, it's been the GamecockScoop.com podcast. We'll see you.